Hola, hola. Welcome to Coffee with Photographers. Thank you for tuning in this first episode. My name is Neto Velasco and I'm a Mexican lifestyle photographer living in Los Angeles. On today's episode, I will be having some coffee with Liz Bretz, an amazing photographer based in LA who shoots incredible emotional portraits. Hey Liz, how are you? Thank you for being on this podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Of course, I'm good. Uh, today is a sunny day in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. So it's a gorgeous it's, day. I know, it's incredible. Okay, so we are having coffee right now. How do you usually have your coffee? How do you take it? Um, so there's this coffee shop right down the street from me that mm -hmm. I usually go to, and I get a hot Americano with an extra shot. Okay. And then um, I put in oat milk. Nice. Yeah. And do you prefer oat milk than almond yeah. milk? I um, I used to, before I started this pretty strict and uh, restricted diet mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. So there's yeah. no uh, no dairy allowed. Usually I would only, I would put half and half in. Yeah. But um, I've discovered that oat milk or even oat milk combined with coconut milk is the oh. best, the dairy alternative that I prefer. Okay, sure. I like that. Yeah. Like, I, I'll have to try that one. <laughs> uh, right now we're trying the, well, I, this is my first time trying this coffee with oat milk. It's, mm -hmm. it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I thought it was going to be like very, very watery mm. and not as creamy. If I feel like the oat milk has more of a cream than the other dairy alternatives. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, almond milk, you have to put half of the cup almond I know. milk. <laughs> As I was saying before the podcast, that's what happened to me today. Yeah. I ran out of uh, half and half. I had almond milk, but it was just not the same. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> so oat milk all the way. I know. I, I recommend trying the oat milk coconut combo. I'll, I'll There's try like that, that one. extra creaminess with the coconut. That's yeah. super good, actually. All right, Liz, how, how did you start being a photographer? Um, I guess I'll tell you the short, very quick shortened version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in high school and growing up, photography was always a hobby and passion of mine. Um, took all the photography courses, did my graduation project on photography. Cool. Um, then I went to college in Boston and kind of abandoned it. Mm -hmm. I was refocusing on something else professionally. Okay. I wanted to work in the creative something creative and I started to well I studied and started working in advertising nice um, but also with photography it was always just a hobby and I never really saw it mm -hmm. as a professional career yeah I didn't know any photographers around me if I did it was more like fine art landscape artists okay um no one that was really going to the levels that I wanted to go at go to so I really saw myself as a, a creative professional so I went into advertising immediately realized I didn't want to be doing it. Uh -huh. <laughs> but what were you doing in advertising? Uh, broadcast production. Okay. Yeah. That's um, great. So, I mean, yeah. But I saw working in advertising that there were professional photographers yep. who were being hired. Um, and I kind of tucked that in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. recognized that that was something that was possible. Of course, that, that was an actual job. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can make money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I left Boston and moved home for about a year and then moved out to LA, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I felt like I was just being pulled out here yeah. and my sister lived here at the time and she had an extra room and I was like, oh, That's incredible. I'm just going to live with you for a little bit. And how long have you, how long was that? Oh, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, this was, uh, it's going to be my 15th year out here. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I've been only five years yeah. and it's still very tough. I feel like I'm ju like just in the last couple of years, yeah. I've feel 
like I have my community, mm-hmm. I have my network, I feel comfortable, I call this home. Um, especially with just the way that Los Angeles is, it's so spread out. And Super so spread out. A bunch of different neighborhoods, a bunch of different cities. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's kind of an isolating city. And even when you are out and about, you're alone in your car. You're not, there's no real interactions. Yeah. And so um, you can feel very alone, very it's very easy to feel alone. In Los I know. Angeles. And th- that's what I, I say every time, like to my wife, I'm like, this is a very big city. There's a million people, like a lot of people out there. And I feel I've never felt so alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming from Mexico and um, at this age, it's like I had, I already had my group of friends in Mexico. I already have, have everything and coming here and, and not having that, mm-hmm. it, it, it took a toll on me for sure. Yeah. The first um, couple of years were really tough out here. <laughs> I know. I'm so lucky I met my wife, who's uh, like my best friend. Aww, so That's amazing. How did you guys meet? Tinder. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love yeah. hearing that. I love hearing modern story, modern romance stories. Yeah, like and the, the thing is, like, I, I came to L.A. I felt super lonely. I went on Tinder, not looking, like, for a hookup or a girlfriend or anything like that. Like, literally, my Tinder profile said I'm looking for friends. Totally. And... Um, just like anyone, like anyone wants to hang out, like mm-hmm. let's, let's meet. And then I met my, my wife through, through uh-huh. Tinder. That's yeah. amazing. How long have you guys been together? Well, uh, next week we, we will be four years married. Oh, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Next uh, Saturday. But anyway, so uh, you've been here 15 years. Been here 15 years. Um, and then when I got here, I just worked in retail for a little bit, mm-hmm. just kind of trying to figure out what am I doing here. Yeah. So you were not a photographer? No, that, okay. I wasn't. Um, but I had, before I had moved out to Los Angeles, I had gotten into a romantic relationship and he was an artist and it kind of rekindled mm-hmm. my passion for photography because um, okay. I had abandoned it for a little while while I was in college and while uh-huh. I was working in advertising and so through that romantic relationship that was pretty short-lived I remembered that I liked photography okay so I had I, w- I had been doing just personal projects uh-huh. and like little photo stories for myself um, but while I was working here I learned about Brooks Institute of Photography okay. which was is a it's no longer around unfortunately but it was a very well-known um technical photography school up in Santa nice. Barbara. So I applied, got in, and then I got another degree um, from uh, Brooks Institute That's in incredible. Yeah, it was really, really great. Um, actually, it was amazing. It was... I was living in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. going to school for photography. It was very idealistic. I know, that sounds incredible. <laughs> that sounds like... Okay, I'm I, like, this is... This is a dream. It, it, like it Santa was. Barbara and going to school for photography. Absolutely. It, it, it really, really was. It was um, it was a lot of work, very technically driven, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I left Santa Barbara after I graduated, moved down back down to L.A. and just started assisting. Okay. So and how long ago was this that you went uh, to school? Graduated from Brooks in t- 2009. And then okay. the school closed not not too shortly after. And speaking about school, do you recommend new photographers to go to school for photography? Because I, I went to school too in Mexico. Yeah. We have, um, in my city, I was fortunate enough that there was a photography college. Mm-hmm. So it was three years uh, studying photography. I did that, uh, but that was so long ago. Yeah. Um, 
I believe it was like 2008, 2009 when I finished that. Mm -hmm. And like today, I don't know if I would recommend mm -hmm. um, new photographers to go to school. Because, you know, like there's YouTube, there's books, mm -hmm. um, you can assist photographers, you can learn everything through through community, through For going sure. out with photographers or things like that. So what's, what's like your perspective with school For sure. nowadays? Um, I think... Uh, right now, the landscape has changed a lot in mm -hmm. what's accessible and, uh, yeah, what's accessible to and available to someone yeah. who's interested in learning. Um, photography school is really expensive, um, yeah. so there's also that part of it, and you can learn what you need to learn um, at a mu much cheaper, more cheaply online but I also it's important to take into account what type of learner you are okay like yeah, if yeah, you are self-motivated learner yep. and you can you do well with mm -hmm. online tutorials and you can make it happen and you're motivated I think then go for it if you're more of a learner that needs that to go benefits, to class benefits um going to class yeah. doing papers learning tactically with yep. a mentor in the space um i would i would recommend that i think it's reflecting on what type of learner you are yep. and how True. and like what's going to be the most beneficial true and i'm for instance i don't have that discipline mm -hmm. to to listen to tutorials <laughs> to watch the youtube videos and learn on my own mm -hmm. like i wish i was disciplined and i work on that every day yeah and every day there's something new that i want to learn for sure but then I, I, i'm like okay i'm gonna watch youtube i'm gonna learn about this i'm gonna read these books and then I just like don't do it. Yeah. Then I'm just watching videos about cats or things like that. A hundred percent. And I'm the same way. And I uh -huh. wish I, I think now is different because the things that I want to learn are very specific and I can look okay. that up on YouTube and yeah. be like, okay, this is what I just need to know. Um, but as far as the general learning about photography as an industry and as a craft, for me, I work, I'm better in a classroom. Same, um, same. And better as an assistant in learning real world. Um, and I didn't have that self-reflection when I was applying to school. I just okay. did it because that was my only option. Yeah, but yeah. I think looking back at any advice I would give for um, people who are trying to decide whether to go to photography school or not, I think it's uh, really reflect and see what type of learner you are and what True. are you going to how are you going to benefit the most and you know what it's also good like for me it was good to go to school because i met people mm -hmm. yeah. and uh i am a very shy and anxious person mm -hmm. so being on my computer like all day with no human interaction like obviously that's not great for me as a shy and anxious person so mm -hmm. going out of my comfort zone meeting people mm -hmm. uh working with other photographers uh that really helped me yeah like not being as shy as as, as yeah. I was, you know? Absolutely. And photography is a, um, a collaborative effort. It's true. Um, there's many people that are working on set, um, learning how to interact with models. It's, um, it's something that you're going to benefit more by inserting yourself into a community of or course. a situation where you're, you're actually doing it. Yeah. And, and in the photography industry, like you work with people. Yeah. So you need to know how to solve problems mm -hmm. or how to, to interact, to communicate in order to achieve the goal that everyone is trying to, For to sure. achieve. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, as I said, I went to, to school in Mexico. It was incredible. And when I came here to LA five years ago, I went to school for marketing. Mm -hmm. And I went to UCLA. I took the extension course. Awesome. And um, 
it, it was great. I loved the school. Yes, I could have learned that on YouTube or or books or things mm -hmm. like that. But the people that work there, they're just amazing. Yeah. And after going to school, like they're my clients now. Mm -hmm. Like even the students I went yeah. to school with and the teachers, they're like, oh, you do photography too. And as you know, like marketing, like we, they need photographers, they mm -hmm. need graphic designers because I'm a, a graphic designer too. And uh, it, it's just incredible. Like I still have contact with my teachers, with the fellow students and they're, they became clients now. Absolutely. And that's another thing that's really, really important is network and community. Of course. Which you get from going to school. And if you're, I mean, if you're a self-motivated uh, individual mm -hmm. who, um, a, who can learn quickly or benefit from learning online or on YouTube or, or self be a self-taught photographer, yeah. um, I, I, I would assume that you would also be uh, very outgoing. Not, that's a wrong assumption, but also be good at networking too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I think that those might go hand in hand. But Which can be super stressful, like yeah, networking. Yeah. Like I've canceled so many of those networking events because I just get so anxious. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, and especially because English is not my first language. Mm -hmm. But you speak it so well. Thank you so much. Re um, honestly, very well. But it's like, I have to think a lot, you know? That's okay. It, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've attended to those networking events. Yeah, it's, it's the way to go. Yeah. Like, it really matters who you know and who you meet. Mm -hmm. uh, because like if you just stay at home or on Instagram or sending direct messages, it's not as as effective mm -hmm. as like being in person. Absolutely. Because then they can see like uh, your work ethic, mm -hmm. uh, like that you're disciplined, that you're professional. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And it's much so much easier for someone to ignore or say no if it's just an online communication. Of course. If you're face-to-face, -face, it's your the likelihood of you engaging with them is so much greater. True. Like I... If, like every day I send emails, I send direct messages to brands that I want to work with, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm sure they get like so many of, of, yeah. of them. What I started doing is I printed a portfolio. Like mm -hmm. I went old school. Like I printed a, a, a small zine. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, half size, half letter size. Mm -hmm. So, and I mail it, I find the marketing guy or the uh, creative director for the company that I want to work with. And I send them my portfolio, this zine, and I tell them like why I want to work with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But being in person, like going to these networking events, that's like number one uh, way for to get a job, like to get to collaborate with brands. Absolutely, and also they see who you are. Of course, because at the end of the day, people want to work with people that they want to work yeah. with. That True. they had that there, there's no drama. There's there's mm -hmm. a great working energy. Um, just so just to show who you are and your personality just yeah. gets you ahead of the line. I think it's that like the energy, like mm -hmm. you can really feel yeah. like energy 100%. from that. Or like, if, yeah, I trust that, that guy to work with my brand. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So mm -hmm. when did it became a paid job, like doing photography? Um, as a shooter. Uh -huh. So I was assisting for about six years. Um, okay. After school. After school. Okay. Um, for celebrity photographers and... Okay. Actually, I took a whole bunch of jobs. <laughs> okay. Um, I worked in celebrity. I did weddings. I mm -hmm. did headshots. I did uh, family portraiture. Mostly because I just I needed money, but also yeah. in the back of my mind because I was willing to just take whatever job I need, and I need a real world practice because of as course. much as you go to school and you're working on projects and working on teams and like constantly shooting. Mm -hmm. 
it's not real, real world experience yeah, and true. working for clients and uh, how to manage expectations of clients and what do I do when this goes wrong? How can I manage this situation on shoot day? Yeah. Um, so I just took as many projects as possible. Um, and from I had my first paid job, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was probably family portraiture. Okay. Yeah. Because my um, when I was going through school, my niece was about four years old, so mm -hmm. I would use her as a test subject a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I just had this portfolio yeah. of a really cute kid. Of course. Um, so I used that first of saying, hey, I can, I can I shoot. I can do family can portraits. Shoot. Yeah, I can yeah. shoot. And mostly kid stuff, like really interesting, artistic, mm -hmm. uh, child portraits. I saw some portraits on your Instagram. That's uh, an amazing job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, thank you. So when I started out, um, I was doing child portraits in a kind of Wes Anderson, Mark Ryden aesthetic. Definitely saw that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and it was interesting because that was my first, it was very beautiful work to me. Uh -huh. And to other people whose child it wasn't. Okay. Because when yeah, yeah, yeah. the the father or the mother, people oh. who knew the child saw it, They it was a little too haunting for them. Yeah, they were expecting something completely different. It was, I just, bet. It was just weird to see their kid in that, in yeah. that light. Yeah. Um, and that was a very quick recognition of these amazing portraits. Mm -hmm. My market isn't their parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were my, those were my first actual shooting jobs. Okay. Um, we were creating like fine art portraits of children. Um, and I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I started like almost the same. Like mm -hmm. in school, like they teach you like how like enough like family portrait situation or uh, working with models or uh, wedding photography and things like that. So mm -hmm. after school, I did the same thing. Yeah. Like I tried it all. Yeah. And especially because I wanted to buy new equipment yeah. and like better lights and things like that. So I'm like, well, I have to get any job that I can. And mm -hmm. then I'll get the money for the type of photography that I really want to do. Absolutely. So I did also like family portraits and it was crazy because uh, I did pictures of babies. Mm -hmm. I didn't think like it was going to be that bad, yeah. but it, it was bad. Like, like the babies were just like crying it's and tough. yeah. And I had no like, like puppets or mm -hmm. any toys for them. And yeah, I did a terrible job. Um, <laughs> it turned out fine. Mm -hmm. Like after a couple of minutes, the baby started, uh, stopped crying and, the pictures were good, but I was like, okay, no, this is my first and last photo shoot with mm -hmm. um, babies. I did weddings too, but as I said, I'm very anxious. Mm -hmm. And a wedding, like if you don't get the picture at the right time, like for instance, um, putting the ring, mm -hmm. like there's no coming back. You no. cannot be like, hey, can you do that again? Yeah. Uh, because uh, my camera failed or I was not there or something like that. Yeah. Weddings are hard. I've done a, I've done a couple weddings and mm -hmm. you ha as a photographer, you have to also have to be kind of... Um, the director and you have to be telling everywhere, yeah. everyone where to be, where yep. to go. Yep. And people are, it's a wedding day. So people are excited. They're focused on other things. Yeah. You're, you're like gathering up and hurting <laughs> people and moving. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And it, yeah. it kind of rests on your shoulders because you have to keep the day going yep. and you have to True. make sure that you get all the shots that they wanted. I know um, it's it's super hard. I'm very grateful for the training of that mm -hmm. um, because it be a lot. It I learned just by out of necessity how to be more assertive. Yeah, especially if I don't get this done, then it's not. If I don't do this, it's not getting done. Of course. Um, 
so I'm, I'm grateful for I I don't I shoot weddings on referral from friends, okay. but I definitely don't advertise it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like can... I like weddings too because I like being close to love. I love mm-hmm. there's an intimacy there when it's just you, the bride and the groom when you're doing yeah. their portraits. That's really really beautiful and there's something really special to be bear witness to that. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Um but overall, there it's 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 gnarly work. It's I know, a, it's a lot of work. but as you said, it trains you. Yeah. In order to like, okay, if you if you can do weddings, like you can do, I I feel like you can do anything. Oh my god. Because yeah. weddings, like you're solving problems like every second. Mm-hmm. You're like moving one way to another. You're talking to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Problem solving for lighting situations because oh, yeah. you're not in control of the light. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was great. It was great training ground. Cool. And then, so um, right now you mostly do portraits, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And when was it that you were like, okay, I'm done with all these other jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on my portraits. And your portraits are amazing. Oh, like there, there has this, there's this emotion mm-hmm. in every portrait, mm-hmm. at least the ones that like I saw from your Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's so much emotion out of them. Thank you. When did you focus only on portraits? I think photographing people has always been what I was the most drawn to. Uh-huh. I also really enjoy shooting landscapes and doing fine art stuff, but okay. I, what, what I really connect with are, are people. Yeah. And photographing people and is where I find the most joy. Okay. And kind of, I really enjoyed doing conceptual portraiture, taking the idea of who this person is mm-hmm. and expanding that visually. Um, so, so, so it work, uh, how, how does it work? Like, do you find the model? Do they contact you? It's all of the above. Okay. So people will reach out to me mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about what exactly that they're looking for, what okay. I can add to it. Um, uh, I'll seek out people that uh-huh. I think are inspiring or might have a story to tell. Um, or people are hire, hiring me. Yeah. And then we, we create portraits off of that. Um, so it, it's across the board, either I'm seeking out people or people are seeking out me. But it's based on their personality. Like, for instance, this photo shoots, mm-hmm. you, you don't have anything planned and then you just find a model. Some, sometimes I do have plans. Okay. Um, I think most of the time, it depends. Also, I'll see somebody and be totally inspired. Like, oh, I'd yeah. love to shoot them in this way. Yeah. Or I have an idea brewing in my mind. Like, okay. oh, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And then I'll look for the right person that might fit it. And even yeah. if it's not the right person, if I don't think it's the right person, because they're showing up on set, it ends up being the right person. Okay. And we create this really great thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And do you use any apps or websites to meet people, like to meet Surprising. models? I mean, Instagram's a great tool. Yeah, yeah, Instagram is Instagram. Yeah, the like best. most of the stuff recently mm-hmm. has been through Instagram. Okay. Um, I rarely work with... Um, agencies unless it's a client paid shoot yeah um just because there's so many restrictions with uh uh, with agents with modeling agencies because a lot of times i'm shooting nude um putting people in vulnerable situations and there's a little bit more restriction when when a model's attached to an agency of course um and especially shooting fine art um there's Mm -hmm. no release for fine art usually with modeling agencies yeah um so it's more people who models who are unattached to an agency or getting the job outside of their agency. Okay. Um, so before then, 
uh, maybe 10 years ago, up until five years ago, I was presently using Model, model Mayhem. <laughs> I tr- I'm trying that mm-hmm. website too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had good experiences and also bad ones. It, I think it's just a weird website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you learn um, some people are flaky or not as professional as yeah. you would want them to be. Um, so it's definitely, you got to do some digging and yeah. Find them on Model Mayhem, but also look them up on Instagram and yeah, see that's what, like, what their too. deal is. Um, also, if it's like a real person or... Yeah, 100%. I've heard very weird stories. Yeah. N- not like with photographers finding models. Mm-hmm. It's usually models finding photographers. Mm-hmm. There's Well, the models I've taken pictures of, they're like, I'm so happy that you're like a regular photographer. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? And they just tell me like crazy stories of like other photographers trying crazy things yeah i've heard so many stories from from female models talking yeah. about certain male model or male photographers putting them in like really uncomfortable situations i know it's it's very sad mm-hmm. to hear that um that there's people like that in the industry there, yeah. because like for instance when i contact people either on instagram or on model mayhem mm-hmm. and also there's this other website called uh the hub h the hub oh i've actually never used that it's it's um not like model mayhem because it's like focused towards like people who are um like creating content mm-hmm. like on a daily basis Got it. okay and like not the type of content that you usually see in on model mayhem mm-hmm. Uh, so that one works good, but every time I contact someone, uh, they're like, I don't shoot nude. I need to bring, uh, someone with me. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Of course. Like whatever, like makes you comfortable. Like, yeah, you can bring anyone. So after everyone, like all the models were, were telling me that I was like, okay, like before I contacted, well, the first contact I should specify like, Hey, I don't, I don't ever shoot nude. I'm not Mm going to put you in an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. And actually, like, I love shooting outside. Yeah. So I think that's, like, more comforting, like, for a, for a first meet Absolutely. with them. I think being outside is, is better. And I always say, like, hey, bring anyone you want if, if that's going to make you comfortable. Uh, I also bring my wife sometimes to the shoots because she's a makeup artist. Oh, that, that's great. I know. <laughs> so um, whenever she has time, because she's always busy. She mm-hmm. works as a makeup artist and she does hair in the mm-hmm. salon. So she's always busy. But when she's not... I'm like, hey, can you come with me and like make sure the makeup is good? Yeah. So when they see that or when I mention that, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, yes, let's shoot. For sure. Yeah, it's just crazy that there's people out there like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I think I'm in um, kind of a different position as being a female photographer. Yeah. I think there's less... Uh, I think I'm giving more liberty as yeah. far as models immediately before even meeting me feel a little bit more comfortable just because i'm a female yeah um but even so uh women will show up with friends and stuff of course i I love that which i completely understand yeah i would do the same thing you gotta be safe and protect yourself of course like i I tell them like bring someone Mm -hmm. like your boyfriend your whoever your girlfriend your anyone your friend your roommate anyone Mm -hmm. and um most of the times like when i say that like they, I, I'm, I bet they also like Google me or something like yeah. to see like I'm, I'm real photographer, right? Right. Uh, and then they'll be like, no, it's fine. Yeah. And once once we meet, then they're like, oh yeah, I'm like, thank you that you're like just super nice, like yeah. chill. And yeah, I, like I don't shoot nudes. I don't do any of that photography. I respect that photography. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. For sure. 
I love like lifestyle portraits. They yeah. shoot a lot of things like that, like on the streets. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's been good that way. For sure. And also if you, I do shoot some nudes, but I will always tell the model from the beginning mm -hmm. that this is the expectation. Of course. Um, just because I think it's so unfair and you're not establishing trust if you spring that on them. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. The no shoot. way. No, you cannot do that. No, absolutely not. So definitely 100% always transparent with of course. this is the vision that I'm going yep. for. It yep. might require partial nudity. It might require whatever, whatever, just to make sure that they are on board. Because I would, uh, that's so manipulative if you don't do that. I know. Yeah, that's a great tip like for new photographers. Like mm -hmm. don't ever do that yeah you're always better even if you feel uncomfortable like they're gonna say no because you want to shoot nude it's better yeah. to know that right away and to find someone who is interested because one you don't want to establish the reputation of yeah. someone who does that yeah and two, true. it's just really unfair super unfair so um it's just a weird situation like yeah. imagine like the model being there and oh yeah do, do can you shoot nude mm -hmm. it's like wait what and it lessens your anxiety because you know that they know what we're getting of into course. you know because like yeah. if you don't tell them and you're trying to spray like there's so much anxiety that builds up on yep. your end too yep. so just always be straightforward of course what i do is i do a pinterest board uh -huh. like for every shoot mm -hmm. and when i contact models that i want to work with i'm like hey i have this vision mm -hmm. of course i know you're a creative too if like let's collaborate Absolutely. let's create a, a vision together but this is my pinterest board what do you think of doing something like that yeah and um do you work with stylists or is it only you in the shoots um stylists are a little bit cost prohibitive mm -hmm. thankfully um i love styling so yeah. i okay will <laughs> i do that for personal mm -hmm. shoots and like fine art shoots but mm -hmm. if it's a client and there's a budget for a stylist stylist will bring on a stylist i have a couple of friends who are stylists that will collaborate nice. on, th on certain projects um i highly respect stylists they have oh, so much work sure. to do yep. their job yep. there's so much work i know um and it's it's expensive work. Um, so when there's projects that allow for that, I'm so happy to work with them because they're able to find stuff that there, I just, there'd be no way I could find that. I know. Or, or yeah. Source I, it. I admire stylists so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I love working with them. Mm -hmm. And of course, like when, for instance, when I work with a brand and there's budget, mm -hmm. like, of course, like I pay ev everyone, you know, yeah. it's not like, Oh, do this for free or anything like that. Yeah. Like I, w when there's money, there's money for everyone. Absolutely. So I, and I love like getting a team together and, listening to like their um what they think about the shoot and mm -hmm. just working together i love collaborating with creative people oh my god i know there's a stylist that i worked on for a shoot with trevor jackson for pre magazine mm -hmm. and just the clothes just elevated the inspiration so it yeah, was these I, yeah. clothes that were so inspiring that we it took my mind to a new place photographically uh -huh. and i was able it just elevated everything yeah um, yeah so it, it just yeah because it's <laughs> Like two professionals working together, yeah. like instead of it one, like so of course fun. the the job was is gonna be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I met this very cool stylist. My wife did makeup for a future video, mm -hmm. and she said, "I need an assistant. Can you assist me?" I'm like, "I know nothing about makeup." <laughs> uh, she was like, "No, you just need to hand me like the makeup that I need and wash my brushes, like yep. the makeup brushes." I'm like, "Sure, I'll help you." And I met this stylist, and she was just incredible. And she was so busy. I think she was the busiest one in that shoot. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I love working with people and the way I meet them, well, it's LA. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of creative people. Yeah. 
which is incredible. Mm -hmm. So when I go like, for instance, to shows at night or something like that, um, like they'll know I'm a photographer or I'll tell them and they'll be like, hey, I'm a stylist, like let's work together. Sure. And I just love that, um, like that way of meeting people here. Yeah, yeah uh, agreed. I, mo I meet most of the people th on set because I'm on so many different mm -hmm. sets that I didn't produce. Okay. So there's so many different people that I meet that way. But even, I feel like most of the people that you meet in LA or work in the industry yep, in some true. capacity. Yep. Um, so there's always somebody to network with. I know. Uh, and Instagram just makes it so easy just to contact them. Yeah. I always, um, I have this like backseated anxiety of, because essentially Facebook is our overlord now. And mm -hmm. like <laughs> if Instagram goes away, so many businesses. I know. Like, what would we do? <laughs> if there's a, like, if Instagram decides to shut down. Or even to start charging, which they could. Yeah. That, that's my thing. Like a lot of people and even me, like I'm like, oh, I, I'm not getting the engagement that I used to get mm -hmm. or people are not look uh, like Instagram is not showing my my pictures to people. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wait, like Instagram is free. Yeah. Like they don't owe you anything. No. So uh, it's a free app. Like use it if you want. Don't use it if you don't want to. No. But don't expect instagram to like do anything for you do all your marketing for you <laughs> i know exactly and so especially like yeah if instagram shuts down or decides to charge or do anything yeah. like then what well they make enough money through ad revenue oh, yeah. that they probably wouldn't but we're at their back and call essentially like yeah. we have yeah yeah it's insane yeah. but yeah wow. instagram instagram helps a lot but it also in my personal opinion it affects me mm -hmm. mentally mm. especially because like coming here from Mexico, I compare myself with a lot of photographers here. Yeah. And I'm like, I just open the app and I appreciate their work. I mm -hmm. like their work. I'm like, why am I even trying to yeah. do this? Like if there's so many good, great photographers that I admire and then I just feel sad. Yeah. It's so hard not to compare yourself yeah. to other people. But I think one of the one of the greatest pieces of advice is, that I've received is just don't compare yourself. It's, um, it's hard. It's, though, really, but it's yeah. really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And just know that there's space for everybody. True. And it's figuring out what your space is. Yeah. What is Definitely. your avenue? What is your lane? Um, I, I truly believe that there's enough room for everybody. Um, and as of soon course. as you start comparing yourself to other people, then that overtakes what your own creations and cre actually creating your own lane. It starts True. becoming too influenced and um, kind of muddied. Um, and also it brings you down. It makes, you, it does. It makes it does. you super bummed out and there's nothing like a motivation killer than being depressed. I know, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Sad. And I've seen it with a lot of people and friends mm -hmm. who are not only photographers, like musicians, makeup artists, stylists. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. how Instagram and app that it's free mm -hmm. can either bring you up like if like for instance if you get a lot of likes yeah. or things like that you're like isn't oh that, yes isn't that so crazy where yeah. we're at with social media I and know. like i have a niece who's 14 years old and just to see i mean she's on it all the time and uh -huh. just how much of her self-worth and her self-value is influenced by what's happening on instagram or social media it's wild and i think you have control over it you have True. control yep. how you react to it. Yeah, you don't have course. control over Instagram, but you have control about how you, what your relationship to yeah. it is and how you react to it. 
Um, and just using it as a tool, absolutely. not like something that will let you down. Absolutely. Like what I've what what has worked on me is just stay uh, busy and stay creative and mm -hmm. do things and meet people mm -hmm. and do all types of things. Not only photography. Like for instance, that's why I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like I'm busy. Yeah. Like I'm not on my Instagram right now or anything yeah. like that. Like I'm listening to stories. I'm meeting cool people. Yeah. So yeah, just staying busy. I think, and it feeds your soul more than look, and then scrolling through Instagram does. Oh, yeah, of course. Which in the end will benefit your work and your. Of creativity. course, definitely, and you won't feel depressed or anything like that. I think the thing with uh, comparison is a big thing. I think mm -hmm. it's really important to find inspiration in other people's work and yeah. like be able to holy cow look what they did that's yep, so yep. inspiring and love it and take that love and inspiration and apply yep. it to your work instead of tearing your work down of course yeah you know it, it but it, it's hard it's a practice oh yeah so it's, for a, sure. it's a it's a it's a practice within not to be self-deprecating not to be self-destructive but mm -hmm. in to take that energy from what you saw and make it um beneficial yeah to you. exactly and the one thing that i that i told myself and and you said it earlier it's like there's job there's work for everyone there's, like so there's room work. for everyone like even if there's like a lot of photographers there's a lot of everything not mm -hmm. only photographers there's a lot of every everything yeah. but also there's a lot of people that need jobs done there's so many brands and yeah. so many companies and especially we're actually yep. very fortunate right now there are so many photographers but there's also so much work i know because of social media and uh, the internet and the mm -hmm. way that commerce is done right now yeah Everything happens online. True. If you if it's happening online, it needs visual representation. Yeah. You need to be able to see it online. Yep. Who, who creates that? A photographer. Yep. Content. Literally everything needs a photographer. I know. Um, Everyone needs content. Yeah. Everything. Like this water bottle, yep. this machine, yep. like the notebook, the pens, everything. The person, the, anything. Yeah. Everything. So there's and just remember there's so much abundance out yep. there and just find that lane that gets you to what it matches you. Of course, you. I, I learned that like before I used to get like, try to get clients mm -hmm. that I really didn't feel connected with. Mm -hmm. So then after that, I'm like, what am I doing? Like I, I took a step back and I'm, I'm like, okay, this is my personality. This is who I am. I would rather contact the brands that, that I feel connected to yeah. or that I admire. And you know, uh, they're going to feel connected back to you. Of course. Because there's that just underlying thing that's yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to have way more confidence in approaching because you're approaching as yourself. Of course. You're not like faking it or, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, or and making up reasons why they should hire you. <laughs> I know. This happened to me. Uh, I do a lot of work for Vans, the footwear mm -hmm. uh, company in, in Vans, Mexico. I love Vans. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> Um, and the team from both the United States and Mexico, they're incredible. I do a lot of work for, for the one in Mexico mm -hmm. because, um, they hire me because they're like, you, you were, you're Vans. Like you have that personality. Like you, you used to skateboard, you're a photographer, like you're cool. You're, you're what we're aspiring our customers to be. Yeah. So you understand the brand. For sure. So, and even being here in LA, like they call me, they're like, hey, we need a photo shoot. Like we'll fly you back, uh, come to Mexico. That's awesome. Because you have that vision. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to fake it or yeah. research or do anything. Like you already know what this you is. You are the brand. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you're your own version, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand. But uh, yeah, that works. And that has worked well for me to 
identify the brands I feel connected to yeah. and reach out to them. For sure. And even the way how I reach out to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, you're like, you're a good candidate. Yeah. Like you have the personality already. For sure. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And yeah. as you said, like everyone, everything and every brand needs content. Mm -hmm. There's jobs for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's why I like listening to stories from other photographers. Mm -hmm. And before we started recording the podcast, I was telling you that it's been difficult to have some photographers want to meet mm -hmm. because a, a lot of us see competition, you know, and it's it's not all it's not all of them, but uh, there, there shouldn't be competition mm -hmm. because there's jobs for everyone. And we're, I, I don't think like anyone is trying like to steal clients from anyone or mm -hmm. anything like that like for instance me meeting you i'm not gonna like i'm not try i'm not doing this like to steal your clients or right, anything right, like right. that <laughs> so i'm just trying to to build just a community absolutely you know just to hear stories and i'm learning right now mm -hmm. through your story and just connecting in that way i love that and um before the podcast you were telling me that you have a studio i do okay, how did that happen um, in la because la is just crazy yes um, LA is crazy. Um, it's very expensive. Uh, when I was starting to make that transition towards the end of my assisting career mm -hmm. into being a shooter, I needed space to shoot and yeah. there wasn't a lot of affordable space that I could shoot in. I couldn't mm -hmm. find anything. And so you were kind of doing it gorilla style or shooting in really small, compact spaces. Yeah that didn't facilitate the vision or the type of image that you wanted to capture. You were constantly having to retouch things out and it just yeah. became a process. And especially because you do portraits like in studio. Yeah, I do yeah. in studio, primarily, yeah. especially right now in studio portraits. Um, so in the back of my mind, I always had it as a goal that when I when the opportunity presented itself or I was able to make the opportunity happen, mm -hmm. um, that I would create a studio space that was affordable and accessible to photographers. So you rent it out? Like I do. Okay. So I started the business. It's called Moon 7 Collective. It is a studio space in downtown LA, just south okay. of the Arts District. Do you guys have a website we or do. Instagram? Moon7collective.com um, cool. is the website. And then the Instagram handle is at Moon7collective. Okay. It was myself and my two business partners, Mallory and Brandon, who themselves are also photographers. Nice. Um, and... We started it out with the vision of it being a community space and an artist collective. Uh -huh. We provide space to create, to access the creative self. Nice. Um, we that sounds incredible. Yeah. We primarily operate during the day as a photo and video studio. Okay. We have a total space of about 3,000 square feet with... Whoa. Yeah. That's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And 12,000, uh, not 12,000, 1,200 square feet of that is a dedicated actual shooting space with a site. Whoa. With a, with a corner site like um with two huge overhead uh, skylights so we have a That's ample insane. ample natural light and it's really soft and really gorgeous and it's also we're able to the the skylights have sh motorized shades so you can close it so oh. it's like blackout capable how did you guys even find that place so all three of us were kind of in transition spaces mm -hmm. in our life and so we were on the hunt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're like, we want to make this happen. We're on the hunt to try yeah. and find uh, a shooting space. And we knew 
that we would probably have to live in the space to mm-hmm. make it of affordable. So Just especially in any, LA, so expensive. Oh my everything, gosh. So everything. It would have to be a live workspace. Yeah. Um, and a friend of ours who was looking for something similarly, she's a photographer and director, but um, looking for something a little bit more scaled down because it was only herself and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, let us know about this art colony called the Santa Fe Arts Colony. Oh, I've heard about it. um, It's the oldest remaining arts colony in Los Angeles. And it's around, I think, 57. I might be wrong on the number, give Mm -hmm. or take a few, art studios on this campus. Mm -hmm. Um, Ours is one of the largest studios on campus. And... um, you have to be an artist to live in in the Santa Fe Arts Colony. We have choreographers, we have sculptors, we uh-huh. have silversmiths, fine art painters, composers. That's incredible. So, so you're surrounded, surrounded by, by creative art. people. Surrounded by art That's and crazy. the creatives. <clears throat> and then in our space specifically, we run a photo video studio during uh-huh. the day. And then at night we ho- host intimate events um actually tomorrow we're having we're hosting a so far sounds event oh nice yeah yeah, yeah i've been to one we this will be our fifth one i whoa, think whoa that's yeah. crazy we're it's during the day tomorrow because they're doing a women's today's women or this month is women's history yep. month mm-hmm. and so it's all female performers during Amazing. the day yeah um we love those events we love hosting music um yeah, so we have that coming up. That um, is incredible. Yeah, we're super stoked on it. And it, we also, in the studio, there's a full kitchen. There's a, uh, a client lounge. There's a photo mm-hmm. video library. Whoa. Um, you, you guys, like, that's like the dream yeah. for any creative person. It really, it really, really is. And then we also, to even for this to even happen, we knew that we would have to live there. So it's a live mm-hmm. workspace. But when you enter, you don't, there's no way that you would tell that anyone lived there. Because our okay. our living spaces are Uh so uh separated from everything else okay yeah yeah that sounds amazing that sounds incredible it's super right so we rent it out okay (laughs) um and if you want information on pricing you can just go to our website website. or email us at info at moon7collective.com that's incredible yeah i really suggest everyone doing it because especially in la Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of affordable options Mm -hmm. and um, based on what you're saying, like the space looks uh, like sounds incredible. It really is. And you can see photos on it in our website or um, on our Instagram. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to have a garage mm-hmm. in L.A. It's an awesome garage. Thank you. I'm trying like to fix it every day. But uh, the garage is like where I have like my backgrounds. If I do uh, back uh, photo uh, portraits mm-hmm. like in studio mm-hmm. and I'm shooting like after the podcast, I'm doing a shoot here in the garage so it's incredible but i know not everyone has the opportunity to even have a garage Mm -hmm. in la and when i first arrived to la i was living in downtown actually Mm -hmm. on 8th street and main in in a building and it was all that i I could afford i didn't even have a a bathroom for my own or a kitchen it was just very very different from mexico and especially because it's so expensive over here yeah but um yeah, just um, I'm very fortunate to have the, the garage. But of course, sometimes like I need to go to like to a bigger studio yeah. and spaces like Come that. Come to Moon 7. <laughs> I will for sure. Yeah, I'll check it out. And of course, I'll give you a call. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> and I'll- also, we, I mean, we have events. We have an mm. upcoming event. Um, I think it's March 21st okay. called Sprung. 
Um, it's being produced by one of my business partners, Brandon, who's in, mm-hmm. in charge of the community outreach and events. And unfortunately, we're having our meeting about it tomorrow, so I don't have all the oh, information. Okay, it's, a, it's <laughs> but fine. But if you follow um, Moon 7 Collective on Instagram, uh, we'll start marketing and promoting it. That's cool. I'll definitely yeah. check it out. Cool. And uh, I also saw on your Instagram that you travel. I do. A lot. I do. I saw that you were in Peru, mm-hmm. that you're going to Haiti. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Peru was a, a workshop trip that I went with a Los okay. Angeles photographer, Natasha Wilson. That's inc- So the workshop was in Peru? The workshop was in Peru. That's insane. It was, it was through Moment Travel. Have you heard of Moment Travel? No. So Moment Travel is a photography-based travel uh, company. So they host okay. and put together trips uh-huh. that um, are focused around f- photography. Do they have anything to do with... Um, I know the yeah yeah oh that's they're the, the same that's that brand yeah oh okay mm-hmm. I didn't know they organized yep travel it, it's really rad they do m- many trips around mm-hmm. the world um, it's incredible they do a lot of um, a friend of mine who I went on the Peru trip with he went to Africa on what? a photo trip that was hosted and guided by Moment Travel. Um, he went to Iceland and Whoa. up into the glaciers. Really, really, really cool experiences. I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, like, I that, would that sounds definitely incredible. recommend checking it out. Um, and then I went on a Moment Travel mm-hmm. to Peru with Natasha, who was Natasha Wilson, who cool. was the professional photographer who was hosting it or guiding it. Um, and it was a trip. I think around seven days where every day we were going to a different location and shooting with a, a fashion model and that's insane. That that's yeah. just incredible. So, so that's cool. how you stay like creative. Yeah. And also how, how I'm like meet like-minded individuals. Yeah. Um, I met some amazing people on that trip and we still I'm keep sure. in contact and we still hang out. Um, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And one of the my roommate on the trip actually um, she's from Detroit and she's a fashion photographer fashion and beauty photographer mm-hmm. fine art photographer in Detroit she's also um, producing an art show and so through knowing her I have a piece, hopefully having a piece in her art show so it's cool. just it's, it's another thing of a networking of course. and it's like networking with people that you love and you genuinely connect yeah. with where the things that you do for each other are so genuine of course that um, sounds incredible I'm definitely going to check them out yeah, and then moment travel. you're going to Haiti soon so the one of the big things I think that emotionally why photography resonates with me so much is because it provides it provides access whether yeah. you're front row at a, a music event mm-hmm. or um, you're right behind the lens of love for a wedding or you're shooting. A, a, a portrait of an individual and you see them stripped down emotionally yeah. Or it takes you around the world and you get to do things that you would never really be, you would never be able to do otherwise. Yeah. Like literally the camera is taking you places. It's a ticket. The camera is a ticket. True. And I've always loved the power of that, but I've always, I have so many different interests Uh and using the camera as a ticket to all these different interests. And I always wanted to do documentary style work. Mm -hmm. Um, And my sister's friend is a pediatric neurosurgeon or pediatric surgeon. And she has a nonprofit where she travels to Haiti, uh, I think twice a year. Okay. um, Where 
they perform pediatric surgeries on children that need um, medical care. Okay. Um, Haiti's still in a really rough spot yeah. um, after the earthquakes, and there's a lot of political corruption um, in the country. Access to medical care is very rare. Yeah. Um, so she brings an artist with her on as many trips as she can. And mm-hmm. uh, my first trip with her was in 2018, and it was life-changing. I and it was something imagine. that I've always wanted to do. And I went with the intention of capturing portraits of the children who are the patients Uh before I was in the OR um, with the surgeons while they were performing the surgery. Yeah. And then I would take portraits, um, not as they were recovering. So you don't want to be intrusive. Yeah. Um, But of the community and the landscape Mm -hmm. at the end of Haiti. Um, And I'm going back at the end of the month, hopefully we don't know with coronavirus and, Oh yeah, true. And there's, um, the state, there was some State Department warning about traveling to Haiti recently because of uh, armed conflicts between the mm. police and the army. Okay. At Carnival recently. So there is some, there, it's kind of up in the air right now, but uh-huh. it looks like we might, we will be going, but there's, we don't know yet. It okay. might be a last, a game time decision. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the one that you did in 2018, mm-hmm. um, was it like, for instance, did you have any expectations or getting there? Was it very different from what you were expecting? Um, I, I approached the situation going to Haiti, making mm-hmm. sure that I wasn't going there to exploit yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the people by taking imagery and just... Yeah. I went there and I didn't want to have any expectation because expectation also informs the type of imagery that you take Mm -hmm. like i want to go there and i want to have this opinion about it okay um i really wanted and especially too because the imagery was going to be used to um facilitate funds and donations for the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. i really wanted them to be a little bit uplifting of course that it's not but also authentic and real and but the 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 beauty of it is Haitians are a very joyous, happy, kind people. I could see that through the pictures that you have on your Instagram. But also very suspicious and skeptical of cameras. Okay. So getting the yes and actually taking photos was very much a challenge. Do you think it's because um, there's um, some photographers that it's a fine line mm-hmm. from like exploiting? Yeah. Like to get the the picture, absolutely, and also they don't I've, they have yet to see the return. So yeah, so and there's I've learned a lot about mission work in mm-hmm. general because Haiti there are a lot of missions that go to Haiti. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Haitians are very skeptical. I can of imagine all the missions because, for instance, and I talked to a worker, an American who had been down there for about three years working to try to improve the working hard to improve the lives, hopefully, or to have an impact <clears throat> in the communities. Mm-hmm. And mission, there's specific missions that will go down and build houses. Yeah. And then uh, you realize that these people don't even know how to build houses, oh, and the geez. houses that they're building are collapsing or, like, no causing way. more problems. Um, oh. So the efforts aren't 100% taking into account. Of course the Haitians and how did you how do you gain their trust in order to uh, to get these pictures that you want to show the world like real pictures so it's interesting because when I'm in the clinic Mm -hmm. 
um, the Haitians that are bringing their children in, um, you're you're surrounded by doctors. So there's yeah. an there is an inherent authority and trust, especially if they don't have access to doctors and healthcare. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like you're fixing my child. Yep. So they're grateful. They're grateful, of course. And you don't want to betray that in any respect. You're yeah. still, it's really, really kind. I bring a Polaroid camera so okay. I can take Polaroid so they can take images back. Oh, with that's them. incredible. It ended up being like the best thing ever because yeah. they, they, it's not something that they're used to having. Of course. And just instant. Yeah. It's just instant. So I'm giving something back and also, um, I try to record their names as much as possible, but mm -hmm. also these, a, a lot of them live up in the mountains and like, getting images back to them might be a challenge, yeah. but the goal is all the images that I'm taking, I'm also creating prints and mailing them to That's them. That's incredible. Um, it wasn't as successful last time just because getting all the information, mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't prepared to, I wa wasn't prepared to do that going forward. Okay. Well, it was your first time like, doing something time. like this, right? For sure. But the Polaroid camera was... That's a great idea. Was like I would never have thought of, of that such an amazing thing and like it ended up being like the the kids would play with the polaroid camera yeah. and take pictures of each other and like those images were really really beautiful of course because you would take it and then they would touch it they would see themselves mm -hmm. and touch the 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 the, the, the picture mm -hmm. and as you said you're giving back something 100 percent. that's incredible but then when you're outside of the clinic on the streets i it was really hard they would yell at they would yell um Especially, yeah, I couldn't take really take pictures. But I, when we would go to more, um, I don't want to say touristy spots, but spots where... More popular? More popular spots, like yeah. a, a restaurant on the beach. And I wanted mm -hmm. to take environmental shots, and I wanted to take uh, pictures of um, the Haitians selling things. Um, I would offer to buy something from them in exchange for of course. a photo. That's, or, I think that's great, like, to yeah. get that, that uh, first interaction. Exactly. And uh, talking about gear, mm -hmm. uh, for this type of, of pictures, is it is the gear that you take different from the one that you use in in the studio? Um, not particularly. I don't take my super expensive lenses. Yeah. Um, I try to pare it down as much as possible. Of course, so and not to be that intimidating, right? Yeah, but also I don't want to have huge, like, it's... I'm also not trying to steal pictures. I mean, sometimes I have it on my leg and just mm -hmm. kind of as we're driving by. Um, I still take my big camera. I just, going through customs and just for insurance purposes, I keep oh. a list of all of the gear that I bring with yeah. um, the serial numbers, the value and everything. Um, so I know, uh, and insurance knows and customs know that yeah. this is the stuff that I'm bringing. But I try to take at most two lenses and just one body okay. and then a Polaroid camera and then a tripod, a travel tripod yeah, and a, and a flash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you have everything insured? I do. Yeah. Actually, when I was in Peru, I mm -hmm. dropped, we were at the salt mines and I dropped... <laughs> I was changing my lens and it dropped oh, and no fell way. into the salt mine. No way. And is completely ruined. Yeah. Did you have another lens for that trip? I did. I did. I okay. did, I did. But okay. um, yeah, thankfully insurance replaced that. I know. I learned that the hard way. Well, not, not to me, but my friends. I've heard a lot of stories that they, uh, here in LA and in Mexico and everywhere, like 
sometimes they would open the cars, they would steal the the gear, mm -hmm. or other photographer friends, they would just drop it, yeah. you know, and they yeah. didn't have it insured. Yeah. So it's like spending a lot of money because gear is so expensive. Yeah, gear so is really expensive. I remember the f like when I started getting uh, paid jobs and things like that, I'm like, I have to have everything insured, mm -hmm. like absolutely everything. Because even if it gets damaged and on stuff, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of wear and tear on mm -hmm. photo equipment and yep. lights get damaged and they're really expensive. Super expensive. So it's really important to have insurance. I had a really frustrating experience with photo insurance. Mm -hmm. I used to be a member of one of the photo professional photo associations here in Los Angeles. Okay. Like when I was first starting out and through that association, we had a discount to, um, insurance. photo insurance. And it, If they were people that didn't specialize in photo insurance. Mm. It was just a general uh, yeah. insurance company. And it was such a pain in the ass really? to get certificates, to get, to even file claims, do anything. Jeez. So um, I just went to Sammy's and talked to them. Like, okay. Who do, and I think it was TCP insurance, Tom Pickert insurance. And so um, they've been phenomenal. They've been That's super good to hear. Easy. Yeah, because I, I'm sure like other people like it's like insurance. It's just a weird. And it's affordable, and they're more affordable than the other agency. Okay, with the discount. Because for instance, right now I have all my equipment insured with State Farm. Mm -hmm. They have like a, I don't know if it's personal articles policy or something like that. I went there to their office and I'm like, hey, I'm a photographer. I travel a lot. I have expensive gear. Do you guys offer any type of insurance? And they're like, yeah, we actually uh, work with photographers and people that have equipment like this mm -hmm. it's not specifically for photography but it's called i think it's the personal articles okay. or something and i haven't had to file any claim but if i need to i don't like i don't even know how to start or <laughs> if they if they're even gonna help right you know mm -hmm. at least i f i feel i have peace of mind mm -hmm. knowing that i have the insurance mm -hmm. But as I said, I've never heard of any photographers like filing a claim through them. Mm. So I might like just look into other insurances. Keep, it, uh, keep Tom Pickford in the back of your mind. Okay, I will. They, um, I think the biggest thing with, especially certificates, and especially through Sammy's, because I, I mm. rent through Sammy's frequently, mm. Sammy's requires a very specific um, dollar amount and certain clauses in the okay. certificates that they receive. And the previous insurance company would never send the right one. As many mm. times as I would follow up and follow up and outline, hey, you need to put this, that, and there. Yeah. Um, so it became super frustrating. And then my insurance certificate would expire at Sammy's, and I'd have to go this, through this oh, whole thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. But Tom Pickford has a estab very established, long-working relationship with Sammy's. And so they okay. knew yeah. that if they needed to send a certificate yeah, they know to what's Sammy's, up. <laughs> it needed to be in this exact Uh, number and this amount and liability and all that stuff. So it just, from that point of view, it was very, very easy. Yeah. Um, and they're also, they're just familiar with working with photographers. That That's great. And they're uh, based in Long Beach. Oh, okay. That's handy. I think. Mm -hmm. I think. I'm going to check them out for yeah, sure. For yeah. Sure. And I, I recommend everyone to get insurance. Oh my God. Yeah. You're out of luck if like it gets stolen, no, it gets damaged. No, no. It just stops. That's my working. worst fear. Mm. Like if it gets stolen, I'm like, what now? Yeah. Well, now that I have insurance, I'm like, okay, I, like I have that peace of mind. Yeah. But before I could have insurance, I was like, if anyone steals my camera or something happens to my camera, like I'm, 
I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and for sure, and also for just liability and accident or injury oh, yeah. stuff for on set, because as on set, as a photographer, you're responsible for everybody True. on set. And to rent a space, or to rent a studio, you need a certificate of insurance. Yeah. And you can get that by the day. You can get mm-hmm. day of insurance. There's some apps, too, that they mm-hmm. offer insurance for, yep. like, freelancers and photographers yep. like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do some video work like i fly a drone mm-hmm. and i also have to get insurance yeah. so i learned like th- there's apps that you can get insurance for for the day which work good yeah i think awesome. i mean i've, I've never, never had to i've never used uh the app ones but i've heard yeah there's like some specifics like uh, for photographers or mm-hmm. for for other people like us very right, cool cool all right uh liz thank you so much You're for so being welcome. in the podcast and this first episode how can people contact you or how can they find your work? Sure. Um, so I guess the easiest uh, place to go on Instagram at, at Liz Bretz, L-I-Z-B-R-E-T-Z. And then I have a website, www.lizbretz.com. Um, and then also check out Moon 7, moon7collective.com and then at moon7collective. Cool. And I'll write all of that in the description of the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have an incredible day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for sticking around to the first episode of Coffee with Photographers. Please subscribe to the show, and if you have time, leave a review. If you want to know more about my photography or want to contact me, please follow my Instagram at netovelasco or go to netovelasco.com or coffeewithphotographers.com. Let's all be nice to each other. See you in the next episode. And if you want to be part of the podcast, just send me a direct message. See you in the next episode.